This episode of the Knicks Film School Podcast is brought to you by our new sponsor, Oakley. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try it for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglass brands in my life, and I can assure you that Oakley is not just the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head on over to oakley.com for more information today. Hey there, Knicks fans. <clears throat> How you doing? Uh, it's your boy, Jonathan Macri, with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. As we have, <clears throat> as I'm choking on my wine, as we have, um, we have, we have eased our way into the, uh, into the waters of the off season. Um, I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask my co-host how he thinks the waters have been so far. Cause I'm, I have not, I've not been online much. The waters have been quite delightful for me. I, I wonder if someone has been <laughs> a little bit more of a presence online as I, as I assume you have been, although I actually don't know that. Um, maybe you would have a different answer, but anyway. Um, yeah. So here we are. It's uh, it's, it's, it's the end of May. You know what time it is. There's stuff being said. There's rumors in the air. And we are going to kick it off as only we know how, and that is with the one and only, the master of the balance sheet. I got to come up with something better than that. Whatever. Jeremy Cohen. Hello, sir. How are you? Hey, John. I'm great. You know, the waters have been choppy. I can tell you that much. Have you been online a lot? Not a lot because work has been crushing me. It's just in terms of the scale of what I've had, but I've been online enough where I'm like, yeah, I, I don't love where the conversation is going today and that's for the best. And I'm going to go back to working and also working on my cap or no cap because that's, that's where it's at. And like I, said, I don't blame fans one bit for coming up with trade ideas, right? That's, that's part of the fandom in terms of how do we get from where we are to the next step. There are just certain things that seem to catch fire. And that's the thing about the Twitter now having more of a for you tab where it's okay. It's people I don't necessarily follow. So, and that's fine. But then it's a lot of ideas that I'm seeing. I'm just like, I, I just don't love that. That's not my favorite thing. Wouldn't necessarily want that. And uh, you know, it's just, but that's just kind of the nature of how it goes. And I'm sure there are going to be plenty of people who look at anything I do over the next few weeks and say, yeah, that sucks. I'll be like, yeah, you're entitled to that opinion. And I totally respect that. So it's, uh, I, I, again, fans are going to be fans. I'm a fan. So it could go that way as well. But it's um, the off season. It's choppy. But the good news is Brooklyn, near where you are, there's a new season going on. Liberty, one and yeah. one. Brianna Stewart, 45 points. So basketball continues. So that, I think, is honestly a better use of, uh, of a lot of time. As opposed to coming up with all these crazy trades that I will be doing, but hey, that's the position I'm in, and I'll do it and do the best I can. So I last recorded. So we recorded last uh, Monday, and then I recorded with uh, with Fred Cats uh, on on Tuesday, and then back. In I time. what's that? You went back in time. I went back to in time. Recorded yes, Fred. Got yeah. in the DeLorean, which was great. <laughs> a good time. It was a great ride. Uh, me and Fred. Yeah, he he played. I was I was Marty McFly. He was um. Oh my God, what's an Einstein? I couldn't remember the name of the dog for a second. Mm. So Fred Fred Katz, if you're listening to this, you are 
the dog in yep. Back to the Future. Congratulations. Um, but since then, I like... And I had already like pre-written all of the stuff for the most part that I was going to do in the newsletter. So I like really took a step back away from like all things Knicks. And honestly, I just looked forward to sitting down at the end of every night and watching basketball games that like I could not really care less about the outcome of. Um, and I was, I think, just hoping for some competitive series. Although, uh, which as we sit here right now, it's, it's we should say it's seven o'clock on on Sunday night. We, one series is three zero, the other is two zero. Um, I, I did find myself rooting a little bit for Miami, which is just weird. But like, I know d- different Knicks fans have very, very, very different opinions on like what a Miami should that make. Uh, you know, some people I think that would enrage them a lot more. For me personally, I'm like it kind of validates what I had thought going into that series, which is that Miami's pretty good, and I still feel they're pretty good, and until proven otherwise, I think they're pretty good. But in any case, I've just been enjoying like basketball, where I don't have to worry about it, I don't have to worry about analyzing it, I don't have to worry about like pining over this or that, and so that's that's been fun. But I too am looking forward to um, everything that you have in store, and I will just say one other thing, and then we get started whenever you want if you say something on here or you present something at any point in time over these several weeks that leaves any any of us going like wow that's amazing um the like the knicks are they're in such great shape because they are going to be able to do this thing then i think you have done something wrong because by the very nature of what you do it's realistic and like, like it's just it's coming to grips with like there is no trade that is ever made in the NBA where one party is like, oh wow, we really, you know, we 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 completely took advantage of that of that. I mean, it happens sometimes, but like rarely. Usually, these things are situations where it's like, all right, I don't love it, I don't love it for this side, I don't love it for that side, but like you you make the deal and you go on and you and you and you do what's best for your organization. Do have I mischaracterized what what it is that you how you go about your business here? No, I don't think so at all. I mean, listen, I have spent hours and hours and hours trying to figure out not so much like what the next going to do. I mean, yes, that's certainly a part of it, but more behind the why. You know, trying to find connecting links because the bottom line here, and this is not what this week's presentation is going to be, um, but the way that I have kind of assessed it is fans are desperate. Not I should I I'm generalizing, believe me. But there I'm very is a Jeremy. <laughs> yes, yes. But there is but this is not, I don't think a part where you are desperate, where there are many fans who really want to hear Leon Rose speak. Mm-hmm. And Leon Rose doesn't talk. And a big reason I think fans want that is yes, there's a level of accountability. Although this year's level of accountability would be different from last year's because last year it was everything that went wrong. And this year it's okay. Everything went right, but what are you going to do next? And you can't really get the strongest vibes from a press release, um, from an email, from even a press conference. Like you, you can get an understanding, but the best way to figure out, what the Knicks are going to do next or project what they're going to do next is by looking at what they have done and by looking at what they have tried to do. And when you pair all of that together and you see patterns, then you're able to go from there and say, okay, that actually adds up. They like this. They don't like that. We move on. There's certain trade targets, for example, where when I see a lot of fans glomming onto it, 
it tells me, okay, we should probably run away from that. And it's, again, I don't mean that as a slight, it's just public perception, I think can often be very different. Um, so, you know, this today's podcast is really going to, John, you have no idea what today's. What today's no, I, all I know is that this is the beginning of the conch yes. season. That's all yep. I know. Exactly. So for those who don't know, hi, Jeremy, I do cap or no cap. Cap or no cap is basically a way for us to look at the cap sheet, uh, analyze all sorts of different things about what the Knicks like, where they're at, maybe what they don't like, what they feasibly can do. And we kind of just roll from there. The thing about this year and last year was similar to it, but this year for sure, every single one is going to be building on the last one. So it's important to watch the one prior to it if possible. And, you know, there, there are things that I'd like to see the Knicks do, but I've really been trying to figure out more what they do. Right. And I know it's it. the tricky thing there is it's like, it's kind of a cop out because yeah, okay. I can say, Hey, look, I could see the Knicks doing this. You'd be like, well, Jeremy, do you want the Knicks to do this? And the answer may not be yes. Um, I think there are, there's a lot of um, overlap in terms of what the front office likes and what I like just in terms of from a team building standpoint, but there are various things that maybe they could do that. I wouldn't be that interested in. So it's kind of a mixture, but it's more just me looking at the past and figuring out from there. Today is really just going to be kind of low and slow. I don't want us to rush too far into this. So it's basically going to be presenting a little bit about the salary cap, where the Knicks are at. Uh, we're not going to go too much into the CBA just because don't think we totally need to get there. But I'd obviously love to hear your thoughts on some of that stuff, John. And Which we talked about already the, a little bit. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Um, and because we had the draft lottery. This past Tuesday, I thought, what better way to usher us into draft season, even though the Knicks don't have a pick, than by looking at around the league, seeing maybe where the Knicks could get in, what they can do, evaluating other teams' cap sheets, and kind of going from there. So uh, before I start, John, I want to turn it over to you. Any thoughts, questions, comments, concerns? I, I've just, I can't now stop thinking about how this episode is, is the, the brisket of cap or no cap when she said low and slow, mm -hmm. um, which is just really exciting to me because who doesn't love brisket? Um, my, my thoughts, but my, my I'll, I'll be extremely brief in saying that I think the Knicks are, and I've echoed these sentiments before. I think the Nets, the Knicks are in a fantastic position in terms of optionality, in terms of coming off a season, with a lot of good vibes, if you want to use the playing with house money term, that's fine too. Um, and having confidence in the decision makers at play to say nothing of the, the fact that they have a pretty good team on their hands. All of that's great. And then, you know, with great power comes great responsibility and inherent in, in responsibility is um, if you have great responsibility, there is a, chance that if you the, the reason it is great if something is great responsibility is because you can mess it up and if you mess it up there are repercussions and i think for as great a position as the knicks are in and this is i mean th this is not exclusive to the knicks any team could completely go and cluster f up their seemingly very good situation um hi minnesota um, I mean, they're just the, the the most glaring example in recent memory, but it literally you could be in a situation where it's like everything's looking up. You could have a young superstar. You could be coming off a, a, a playoff run with like good vibes, the whole thing. And then you could literally flush it 
all down the toilet with one wrong short-sighted move so do do i think the Knicks are going to do that no i don't think they're going to do that um but that's all i want to say and 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 with that i will i will turn it back to you for over 30 years the law offices of weiss and rosenblum in new york city has been home to a team of award-winning hard-hitting injury attorneys who have a long track record of seven-figure results whether you've been injured in a car accident fall construction accident or other traumatic event weiss and rosenblum will work tirelessly to maximize the award, regardless of the severity of your injury, and get you and your family the fair and just compensation you deserve. Paul Weiss and Rosenblum today at 212-366-6100. Again, that's 212-366-6100. Or visit weissandrosenblum.com for more information. No case is too big or too small. Personal attention to your matter is a priority. Once more, call 212 212- 366-6100. Previous results do not guarantee future outcomes. If you think you might have a case, speak with a veteran attorney, not a rookie. Well, for context, for everyone who's not watching this, um, we're going to do everything we can to make it so you don't need to watch the, the presentation itself. If you are watching the presentation and it seems small on YouTube, good news. As always, going to be sharing the link to the Google Slides I've created, it'll be most likely in the video description. So you can always click on that to kind of go through it. So uh, without further ado, I'm going to share my screen and we will get started. John, you see my screen? We're good. I see a I see a blue screen under cap or no cap with a little. Ah, oh, there it is. There it is. OK, perfect. All right. So it's the Knicks cap sheet for this season. Um, so let's get started. Yeah. So let's get down to brass tacks here, right? The Knicks, as things stand, this is all projected, right? Um, they will have the available, uh, the, the exceptions available to them. It's going to be the non-taxpayer mid-level exception that comes in at $12.2 million, a little over 12.2. Uh, the Knicks don't have to spend it at all. They don't have to spend uh, all of it, and they can do whatever they want with it, but they can spend up to that much money. They also have the biannual exception available to them. That's a little under $4.5 million. If the Knicks use the biannual exception, they get hard capped. If they use um, any portion of the non-tax middle-level exception that's greater than the equivalent of the taxpayer middle-level exception, they get hard capped there too. Uh, them getting hard capped probably isn't going to be an issue, but it's just something to be aware of. Uh, projected cap space, as things stand right now, and we'll get a little bit more into this, the Knicks likely walk into this summer uh, $18.3 million over the salary cap. So no cap space, very different from in years past. Um, although we were walking into last year and the Knicks were certainly over the salary cap and they found a way to get under it, but we will talk about the difference there. And then the last thing, uh, projected tax cap space or projected tax space. This is the luxury tax. This would be 9.7 give or take million dollars. So there's some cushion to work with there, but that could also chisel away based on some other moves that might be made with the Knicks. So uh, they're operating in a in a space where they're not stuck. They have certainly plenty of movable pieces, but if you as a fan are hoping for a huge free agent signing, it's not impossible. It's just unlikely. 
and I I've already seen as I'm as I know you have too some some uh, suggestions like hey is there any way that we could get under the cap to sign this player or that player I know they did it last year I get it we'll go through it we'll yeah walk. I got us yeah yeah it it might be tough yeah so now that we have that out of the way. These are the burning questions that the Knicks are going to be facing this summer. Uh, you know, every year it's kind of been, well, what's the deal with next? Or actually it's really been what's with this summer, right? Like how much cap space, who are they going to sign this year? It feels more like, well, we know the Knicks probably aren't going to have cap space. So really are they willing to be a tax team for the 2024, 25 season? Right. Cause we're, we know the 2023, 24 season, they're probably going to be under the tax, but the year after, you know, when, Players are extension eligible and maybe they make a trade for someone who knows, are they going to be a tax team the following year? My gut feeling is yes. John, what do you say? I co-sign. Great. So that's something to operate with. Uh, Of course, will the Knicks use an exception, right? We just mentioned the non-taxpayer mid-level exception, the biannual exception. The only exception that the Knicks have used in their three off seasons, this front office, uh, the only exception was the Taj Gibson room exception. And John Hollinger had no idea why the Knicks gave him that exception. It was always very obvious that they were paying a well-respected veteran a little bit more money than uh, he would have gotten with the minimum deal. I don't know why that was so hard for him to wrap his head around, but Shots it was. Fired. So, yeah, it was just it's dumb at the time and it's dumb now. That we're, we're Water under the bridge. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, what will happen with Josh Hart? We're going to talk about Josh Hart's contract situation, but... The gist of it is he's got a player option, but it's also non-guaranteed. So will he opt in? Will he opt out? We'll talk about it. Uh, will the Knicks extend Emmanuel quickly, Obi Toppin, or Miles McBride? Uh, this is not in either or for any of them. They could extend all three. They extend two, one, none. It's really a matter of if they will. And if they do, how are those contracts going to be structured? Uh, important to mention that these extensions don't have to happen in July, they could happen in October when the deadline is. Uh, it's possible some of these players, like I said, may not be here. So just something to think about because the summer, as exciting as it is right when free agency opens up, it could still be a big thing in August. Like when Julius Randle signed his extension, I want to say like August 7th, something oh, yeah. along those lines. So it came out of nowhere. Right. And yeah. that's exactly what could happen for some of these players. Uh, if For the first round pick types, it's not like quickly and Obi. it wouldn't be August per se, but for Deuce, it could be, uh, it's really just, um, for non first rounders, it's, it could be like, okay, two, uh, two years after you sign the contract, you might be extension eligible. Someone like Deuce at uh, two years after he signed the deal, extension eligible. And, and then lastly, should, yes. Oh, I was going to say, no, we should just say that it's, uh, I think unprecedented for a non max rookie extension to to be something that is announced within like the opening whatever it is 24 for first round hours. picks yes yeah. former first yeah. round picks 100 yeah. percent. uh and then lastly how will the new cba impact new york's maneuvering again we're not going to spend a ton of time time with that today but that's something we'll have to keep in mind moving forward uh just for context, if you're going, to, you're going to see some colors and numbers. If you're watching this, I just want you to be clear on what these Love mean. <laughs> if it's a green box, it's a player option. If it's, I guess it's a, is that purple indigo? Oh man, that's, that's right like a, 
it's, it's not a I, deep purple. It's a no, lighter. It's I would I would say it's blue, but then the box under it is clearly blue. So therefore, right. team team option must be, let's call it team option indigo. There you go. Yes, and this is also a great litmus test if you're colorblind. Congratulations. In fact, I should just say that's uh, yeah, that's a brown team option. And now I just hope people just get very confused and you know worry about it. But it's yeah, it's an indigo for team option. Uh, if it's red lettering, it's a non or partial guarantee. If it's a blue box, it's going to be a rookie option. You're only really going to see that for Quentin Grimes right now. If it's in italics, it's going to be dead money. You're going to see that for Jericho Sims, but I don't expect the Knicks to incur any dead cap hits, so you can probably ignore it anyway, but for whatever it's worth. If it's a yellow box, they're an unrestricted free agent. And if it's an orangey type box, they're a restricted free agent. So keep those in mind as you're watching. So let's look at where the cap sheet is right now. I've actually got two iterations of this, and it all depends on Josh Hart. This is the first one, which would assume that Josh Hart opts into his contract. So mentioned this before, a reason Josh Hart would potentially opt into his deal is that he would, number one, it would help the Knicks from a creeping up to the luxury tax perspective, potentially. Number two, um, he, if he opts in and extends, he could get $81 million over four years. And it's like 81.3 uh, in August. And number three, that would include a de facto one year, no trade clause. The reason being it'd be a six month trade restriction. Six months after August would, I mean, it'd likely be say August 10th, August 11th, something like that. That would mean February 10th or 11th. The trade deadline would likely be a couple days before then. All the more reason potentially for him where he gets paid. It doesn't, he doesn't have to sign for four years, 81.3 million, but it's an option. He could sign for up to that. Um, just had two twins. Maybe they want to stay in the area. His wife is from not that far from here. He's from Maryland. He seems to want to be here. So there are more, and there are financial reasons for him to stay, but that is a key reason for why he may not want to do it. And we should say that the number that's been bandied about. Uh, amongst people who who seem to know a little bit about this stuff, I know you know Bobby Marks has said it for for Josh Hart is like the fifteen fifteen to seventeen million range. Mm-hmm. The player option is for twelve million. So if you're wondering why he would not opt in, um, on its face, it's just it's less money than it would seem to be his market value. Exactly. Yes. And again, I understand why he would opt out and then try to sign a new deal. I totally get it. I understand why a lot of Fans and media believe that that's going to happen. I'm not saying that that won't be the case. It's just I think we need to give more um, of an understanding to why him opting in actually could make sense for him. Not every billionaire has the stamina, the dedication, or the fire to become the most unpopular owner in sports. But not everyone is James Dolan, the owner of the New York Knicks. This is Reign of Error a new podcast series that gives you a courtside seat for the controversies, scandals, and drama that seems to follow the infamous billionaire. Track Dolan's rise from aspiring musician to the throne of one of the most beloved franchises in sports. Along the way, he'll battle his own players, fans, celebrities, the New York media, politicians, even the Girl Scouts. Reign of Error unpacks the outlandish story over five riveting episodes, detailing how Dolan became a lightning rod of 
of criticism in his quest to outdo his billionaire father, while also asking the $6 billion question, why doesn't he just sell the team? Check out Reign of Error wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app. What's up, Knicks fans? Super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. Express your style and build a look that's made just for you. Oakley's changing the game and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, train, or just want to look like your favorite athlete? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakleys today. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses allowing for an extension of self and an expression of your personality, with Oakley, there's more than meets the eye. Here at Knicks Film School, our motto is look good, play good, and that's why Oakley is the perfect partner for us. Not a one of us leaves the house in the morning without our Oakleys. And listen up, because it's officially almost summer, which means you need to upgrade your sunglass game now. Check out Oakley.com to get yourself a pair today. Also, did you know that Oakley even offers prism lens technology? Now, I know what you're thinking. GMAC, what the hell is that? Well, it's a technology solely used by Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? Head on over to oakley.com and check it out for yourself. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses. That'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try it for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglass brands in my life, and I can assure you that Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head on over to oakley.com for more information today. So if he opts in and the Knicks decline Derrick Rose's team option, the Knicks are looking at, as I mentioned before, they'd be $18.3 million um, above the salary cap and they'd have $9.7 million with luxury tax space. Now, of course, this doesn't include a um, signing someone with the mid-level exception. This doesn't include potentially getting a first round pick somehow. If you did the full mid-level exception, for example, then you are now signing someone for $12.2 million, $12.2 million going in for a team that has $9.6 or $9.7 million of breathing room before they get to the luxury tax. That's not going to happen. Um, or at least I'd, I'd be very surprised if it did. So no, it, the Knicks are not, they're not going into the tax in the way that you just said. There's no reason for them to do it this year. Um, Based that, well, on probably who's available and and all of that. Not to say just uh, we should say this. You can go into the tax and then you have until what's the deadline to get? It? I mean, essentially, it realistically, deadline. It's yeah, it's yeah. the trade deadline. So like, they could be and they could spend the next six months or eight months or whatever it is in the tax, and then at the deadline, if they're still in the tax, they could ship off you know player X who's making X amount of money, and then and then get back under, and then they're fine. Right, and I. To be clear, if the deadline isn't the deadline for when the luxury tax goes into play, it's more just that's the, the last time you can easily move a lot of these pieces to the point where you can get yourself out of the tax, most likely. So um, and the next slide is basically if Josh Hart were to opt out. Right. So if Josh Hart opts out and Derek Rose's team option is declined, then you're looking at a nineteen point four million dollar cap hold. The Knicks would be further. Uh, ahead of the salary cap, now it'd be $24.8 million. They'd have $3.2 million worth of luxury uh, tax space. Granted, could Josh Hart sign for less than $19.4 million of his cap hold? Yes, he could sign for $15, $16 million, as John, you just mentioned. 
But even if we subtract 3 million from that, they're still nowhere near uh, getting cap space. And they're a little bit further away from the luxury tax, but they're still in the danger zone where they wouldn't be able to add anyone. And I just don't see this team also running it back. I don't see every player being back here. They're going to, they're not good enough to just stand pat. They need to keep making moves. The question of course is what moves do the Knicks make as a result? We should have said that at the top. Probably this team is going to do something like, we don't know what they're going to do. We said at the the end of the last one, to be fair. So, and hopefully people listen to that one. They listen to this one, but yes, they they're going to make changes. It's just a matter of what, what are those changes? Why, when, so that's what they're working with. But just for example, I've seen floated around quite a bit. What happens if the Knicks dumped Evan Fournier's salary outright? You know, couldn't they create cap space? And the answer is no, they could not. They could not feasibly do that. So imagine a situation where Josh Hart opts into his deal. The Knicks decline Derek Rose's team option and trade Evan Fournier for nothing, right? It could be a draft. Brisket from San Antonio. Sure. Perfect. San Antonio has cap space. San Antonio sends back right. their finest beef brisket. Oh, fantastic. It'd be great. It'd be delicious. Unfortunately, it would not be delicious if the Knicks are looking for cap space because they would still be over the ta- over the uh, salary cap by $571,000. Uh, that's the projection. And again, that's considering that Josh Hart opts in and doesn't opt out and looking for a larger deal. That's assuming that the Knicks are able to add some sort of player in the draft. Um, and mind you, they'd still need to keep adding other talent as well after that. And it's just, it's not something that seems feasible. Um, I would be very surprised because it still doesn't do anything for them. And if you, if you even go the extra mile and say like, all right, well, what if it's not just Fournier? What if they, I, I'm just throwing this out there. What if they dump Bobby Toppin? Or what if they dump Isaiah Hardenstein? At the end of the day, the, the really, it's not about getting, having, cap room and please correct me if I'm wrong Jeremy but like it's actually about getting more than 12 point whatever two million dollars under the cap because if you could just get to the point where you could use your full full mid-level of 12.2 million now obviously that comes with restrictions as you just detailed but like 12.2 on the mid-level versus 12.2 cap space it's you know it's the same amount of money um yeah exactly right yeah and the other thing to consider which I should have mentioned you cannot combine your exceptions. So there's the mid-level and there's the biannual. It's not lump them together and we can afford someone making like 17 million. It's one and the other. So the last thing before we actually move on to a different topic is John, I wanted to kind of go one by one through these names from the bottom up and just very briefly, we give an overview for each, get some thoughts and kind of go from there. How's that sound? We're going to start with the guy upon whom New York's 2023-24 season rests, I assume. Uh, Mm -hmm. I see his name there at the bottom. Okay. Yeah, Dwayne Washington Jr. He is a restricted free agent. Very pivotal time. The Knicks need him back. Um, You know, you could see the contributions or lack thereof when he wasn't playing. I mean, they... That's why they lost the series to me. Every time Dwayne Washington Jr. didn't play in a loss, they lost the game. So, uh, like, just... Food for thought. Got to bring him back. Same thing with Trevor Keel. Well, similar with Trevor Keels. Trevor Keels actually played a little bit this year. Yeah. Um, signed to the big league contract. He's also a restricted free agent. They're, they've both got a $1.8 million cap hold. The bottom line here is it's it's kind of a shrug from me. Either way, they're here or they're not. It doesn't 
impact what the Knicks do. They're over the cap. Uh, it, it's irrelevant. Um, next up, I see we have an indigo box for for Mr. Deuce McBride. Uh, so indigo again is a. It's a yes. So it's a team option. Team option. But I think right. I think they picked it up anyway. To be honest, I probably just didn't change it from last time. Regardless, Deuce McBride is going to be under contract. Yeah, he is a restricted free agent for 2024, 2025. Um, I'm going to be honest. I actually have and i'd love to hear your thoughts on this i think that deuce mcbride gets extended this summer um i and the reason i think that is because deuce mcbride is the perfect type of continuous soup mm. for the new york knicks and for those who don't know what continuous soup is it's basically oh, trying to i know how could you not but if you don't it's trying to take a player and you need matching salary and the best way to do that is to pay them, but they're a season away from being paid so you can extend them and then you can use their salary in a move next year. And the galaxy brain thinking for me, John, is the Knicks extend Deuce McBride this summer. They then will play him because I think I think there's going to be too much talent on this roster for Tibbs to do a nine man rotation. I think he's got to go to 10. If the Knicks are paying Deuce McBride, it's not as an insurance option. It's going to be we need you to play a part here. It's year three. We paid you a little bit of money. I wouldn't be surprised if they gave him, you know, like three years, um, 18 to 20 million, which for a backup guard, especially if they're going to be playing, I don't know, let's say it's 12, $15 million or 12, 15 minutes per game. If it's even that high, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's there. I would imagine it's probably close to 10 to 12, but I digress. If you're the Knicks, you do that. And then I know that there are a lot of fans who think that uh, Rokas Jakobaitis does not exist. I get that. I know why you would think that or he's never coming over. Um, my take here is that the Knicks use McBride's continuous soup salary and it helps them have more money to move in a trade. And then next offseason, they out they go out and they actually bring in Jakobaitis on um, part of the exception. And basically the reason they would be doing that is they need more salary and a larger trade for Deuce. They could get Jakobitis at the age of 23 or really 24 for really cheap for the next three to four years. And he'd have a role. It would be consistent with what the interview he did was before. Where I think there was talk of him maybe coming over in 2024. Well, that would be 2024. Uh, he'd be cheap as the Knicks are in the luxury tax. That would be presumably that would be important. And then, um, you know, like that's it just kind of would all line up really cleanly. So I know I'm speaking in hypothetical here. A lot of this is going to be that way, but something about it just it kind of all clicks into place. If that's how it goes, I'll turn it over to you. I think McBride makes a lot of sense for this team next year to play minutes. I think, um, I think the fact that I, and I trust me, I, I know the numbers on the minutes. Uh, they're they're not good that he got in the in the postseason, mm -hmm. but I think it spoke. I really do think it actually spoke volumes that he that Tibbs trusted him in, in those situations um, and to put him in there and and actually gave him time with quickly out uh, to say nothing of the fact that I think Deuce showed a lot in terms of what he was able to do before they, they traded for Josh Hart. I think the organization likes Deuce. I think Tibbs likes Deuce. Um, I think they like him for a variety of reasons. And the nice thing about Deuce is like, he could be a part of your rotation next year. And then 
when the time comes during the playoffs, God willing, knock on wood, um, like to lessen his role um, a great deal would would not is is not going to like ruffle any feathers. He he's like a, he's essentially I think what I'm saying is he's like the perfect ninth or tenth man for this team next year, and I think he'll 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 be compensated as such. Absolutely agree. Uh, next, we have Jericho Sims. I I mean, it, they could not guarantee it, and it would be a dead cap hit of uh, $651,000. They're going to bring him back. There's no reason not to bring him back. And he's perfectly well-suited third center. Uh, next, we have Isaiah Roby and Daquan Jeffries. Uh, you know, it's again, these are end-of-bench players. You know how I feel about end-of-bench players. It, the interesting thing is that if the Knicks decline or non-guaranteed their options and then brought them back on a one-year deal, they would actually be giving them a de facto no trade clause. So my guess is they either bring them back or uh, you know and guarantee their salary or if they don't guarantee their salary then both players are gone and they bring someone else in. Um I don't know if you have any thoughts on any of the three players uh, I just talked about. R- Roby's interesting to me. Um, I, I will dedicate the time and energy to Isaiah Roby if, and when it is warranted, which is not today. Listen, <laughs> I, I applaud you for doing that. Um, I, he's an interesting player. He's like, a sh- if, if, sure. if, if things, <laughs> no, I, mean, I, mean, I don't mean this as slander towards him. It's just, again, it's, it's end of bench rotation players it's really more about the math for me that matters yeah no um, I, I i mean i'll just i do want to at least point out like i think he was a victim of circumstance in oklahoma city where they literally just had too much young talent on the roster and they needed to get rid of someone and he was the odd man out and then not quite as severe but like similar ish situation in san antonio where they also had a lot of young players and they just like didn't have like the time for him and um so like he's i don't again he's someone that like if if i'm reading a preseason you know, a camp article next year. And it's like, Isaiah Roby's really look good. I'll, like I'll pay attention to that. that. That will matter to me until then though. I'm not going to worry about Isaiah Roby. And even then I will say, Oh, good for Isaiah Roby. Okay. Moving on. But that's, that is the difference between the two of us. And I love yeah. that. Uh, Quentin Grimes. I hope Quentin Grimes goes absolutely nowhere. Love Quentin Grimes. Um, belongs in the starting lineup consistently. I would imagine that will continue. Uh, Emmanuel quickly up after that uh, quickly. I really wouldn't move him unless it's as part of a star package. And even then uh, I think it's it really dependent on, on who that star is. I think quickly is different from maybe other Knicks in terms of how they might be packaged or talked about in trade conversations. I just, um, I can't, I, he he is everything to the to the Knicks bench. Like I understand also the idea of moving him to the starting lineup if things get shifted or whatever it is. And it's just like, man, that he's so incredible in the role that he's in. And yes. I want to see him be a Nick and I want to see him get paid and anchor the bench and all of those things. And um, I just really hope it continues that way. Confident it will, but uh, crazier things have happened. So we shall see. I think that's well said. Uh, next is someone that I'm a little less optimistic about his future moving forward. And that would be Obi Toppin. Obi is in a similar boat. He, uh, you know, extension eligible and everything. It's just, uh, entering year four, 
he's not going to play ahead of Julius barring an injury. As we saw, Julius is uh, going to be playing at least 32 minutes a game, probably more. They're not going to play together. Um, Can I go a step further? Please. It's entering this past season. I, I personally thought this and I don't think I was alone. I was like, well, if they move Julius, one of the benefits to moving Julius is now Obi Toppin coming off a year two, especially coming off of a year two that he ended with that stretch at the end of the season, which again, meaningless games, whatever, but like put up big numbers, look good. He looked like he played the part like, okay, great. We moved Julius last summer. We finally get to see what Obi Toppin does with 30 plus minutes a night. I think one big part of the calculus that has changed is if and I'm not forget about uh, all the specifics, but just imagine a world where Julius Randle isn't on this team next year, whether they trade him for a star, they trade him for a sack of hamburgers, whatever. I don't, I no longer believe that Obi Toppin is stepping into 30 plus minutes a night with this team. Um, I, I, I think it's either that Julius gets traded for someone else who is going to step into that, or they do something else. Like I, that's the difference. And that's, um, that's, we don't need to get into the reasons why that is, but like, I just, I don't see a world where Obi Toppin is like playing big minutes for this team next year. And because of that, I completely agree with you, which is that the writing seems to be on the wall. Yeah. And obviously this would rule out exactly what you were saying from my perspective of um, moving Julius and Obi starts in his place. I I'm with you. Uh, and again, that doesn't mean that Obi Toppin's not a good basketball player. Yeah, he is. He actually, I mean, uh, he's a better basketball player than this past year showed. And I think the lack of finishing at the rim was unfortunately a problem for a lot of his more advanced metrics. And, um, but like there's, there's talent that's there, right? It's just a matter of harnessing it. And the Knicks feeling, is this the best player at the four this year or moving forward? specifically in the starting lineup. Um, because again, it's, uh, you know, you had it right. I was wrong in terms of moving Obi at the deadline. Well, it, no, no, but I mean, it, it turned out that was, that was very precise on your part. So the difference is that the Knicks have found, they don't really do anything drastic until the off season when they feel like they can replace a player in a certain way. So it was, again, it's not that they don't make upgrades. Obviously they've made midseason trades, but they've been more cautious about how they've done it and they've been big on depth and they clearly felt, look, we can't replace Obi from a depth perspective and also how we are using him going out may not be the way that we want to use him going out. We may value him in other ways as a trade or as, as a trade piece. Um, we can, we'll talk about that, but it's just a matter of like, yeah, I, I think the door has certainly just closed on Julius gone. Obi slides in and we move on from there. Yeah. Agreed. Next, Isaiah Hartenstein. I, I no, he shouldn't. He's been he's really good. Yeah, he's really <laughs> one of the best backups player. in the NBA uh, at the five. Uh, Josh Hart talked about him. No need to spend more time. Derek Rose. I fully expect his team option to be declined. Only reason you would accept it is if you felt you were using his money to net you a player. Um, I just don't. I I don't see it happening. I think there's other salary on the books that the Knicks would sooner, sooner turn to, to get a trade done. Realistically, if you're talking about a trade where you would need to put together the salary, where you would think about picking up Rose's team option, the likelihood is there is probably another salary that's being included in that deal, such that you would not need to pick up Derek Rose's team option, but you, you never know. Crazy. Yeah, and, 
And the other thing to consider, listen, if you're out there and you're thinking of trades that involve uh, Evan Fournier and Derek Rose's matching salary, think about it from the perspective of the other team where they're basically like, why am I? Yeah, they're expiring salaries, but why am I doing this? This is just, uh, it's kind of crapola for uh What's that? Thirty-four million dollars. I was about to say, expiring salaries don't don't quite have the same uh, cachets as as they used to. Unfortunately, agreed. Mitchell Robinson. um, Again, unless there were a better center than Mitchell Robinson, I do not see him going anywhere. I thought outside of the Heat series where it seemed like he was laboring, he had a great year. Really took that next step. Very proud of him. He's making less money next year and he will continue to do that the duration of this contract so don't see a reason unless it's an upgrade no there's sure. no they're not getting mitch is not going anywhere unless they're upgrading that position right. then we have evan fournier and i would be shocked if evan fournier is on this roster next year you know who else would be shocked uh probably evan fournier, evan fournier. based on the <laughs> comments that he made to the new york post yeah. yeah he seems as good as gone i think as a trade piece you know, it's it's a matter of what do the Knicks want to do, right? Is it him as salary filler? Is it him going out for a couple players who maybe are just on expiring deals that add up to that? Like a lot of different permutations. Uh, I have thoughts on how to use them. I'm going to hold on, I'll hold off on detailing that. And then we're left with three players: R.J. Barrett, Jalen Brunson, and Julius Randle. Uh, Jalen Brunson's not going anywhere. I want to be adamant about that. I don't have to be adamant about that. We all know Jalen Brunson's not going anywhere. It's the other two players, RJ Barrett and Julius Randle. Uh, I'm not going to talk about them because I actually have something else in the works down the line where I want to have a larger discussion about the Knicks and, and players and how they fit into the picture and all of that stuff that uh, it's just too much for me to go into with what we want to talk about today. So, We'll save that for later. If you have any thoughts, John, you're no, I, welcome to say it. I also would recommend saving the bulk of them for uh, for when we tackle that. I'm not going to say anything on RJ Barrett and, and Julius Randle because we'll, we'll talk about that when the time comes. What and again, it you could have a, a um uh, if you have one conversation about those two, one or the other, and the both of them, you could have a thousand. What I will say about Jalen Brunson is I don't know that there are ten players in the NBA that I would bet like more money on them being back with the team that they're currently on next year, more than I would bet on Jalen Brunson and even 10, maybe a lot. I five players like Jokic. Uh, I, you know, Giannis, honestly. Yes. Yeah. Next for this upcoming season. Yes. Yes. Oh, look, Giannis is not getting traded anywhere. Let's just right. be very, very clear. I have actually more confidence that, Opening night next year, Jalen Brunson would be a Nick. That if it's if it's by one, it's like point zero 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 one percent more confidence. I just there is like literally zero possibility in my mind that Jalen Brunson is going anywhere. That's the point that I want to try to make. Agreed. And if we're looking to the following year, by the way, and it's tricky, right? Because it's a little harder to project. There are a lot of different things that have to go into the 2024-25 season. But we, I mean, they're certainly not going to have cap space that year. But in terms of the the um, luxury tax space, right? Like if you're watching this, you might see, oh, it's uh, $6.7 million in space. They're fine. 
but then it's no because you have to figure out paying Josh Hart, right? Like the the amount I gave Josh Hart if he opted in and then did the extension, that would be year one of his extension, be $18.1 million starting salary. Um, but then you have to pay Hartenstein and you're paying quickly. And are you paying Obi Toppin? And are you paying Deuce McBride and your draft picks? Any of them coming to play? Are you adding someone this summer that would be with one of the exceptions and their salary is on the books? So it looks like at first glance, hey, the Knicks will have cap space or excuse me, luxury tax space. Um, but realistically speaking, they will not. They should not. Yeah, totally agree. Nothing to add there.